you are listening to Takedowns to Breakdowns. Let's, Mikey, let's start this off. I hope you don't break my heart with the answer to this question. <laughs> All right. How has Ring Fit been? Okay, so I've been off all last week, and I did Ring Fit only once. Wait, 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 wait. Um, you were off work yeah. all last week? Yes. In a lockdown? Yes. During a global pandemic where there's nowhere to go and nothing to do? Well, false. So oh, I okay. did Ring Fit once, but I actually did cardio a couple of times at a park that's literally like a seven-minute walk from my house. Um, so I, I ran the track that they have there uh, two times, and pretty much the only other physical activity I did have was just entertaining my daughter, um, which I didn't really do enough of, because... Um, this isn't me being mean to like my wife, but I'm definitely more physical when it comes to playing. Like uh, we roughhouse a lot, but I did a lot more of that this last week, especially because my wife went back to work. So I was staying active in different ways, and I was trying to change it up from the original ring fit routine. Um, and there were two days, two days. Two days and then one day where it was one meal that was kind of shitty. I mean, I, back on the 20th was my daughter's birthday. So, of course, you know, we went out to eat and then came back, had birthday cake. Um, and just the other day we had fast food because I, I was like, you know what? Just I, I don't feel like cooking or anything. It, that was the, the one meal, though. I was good literally the entire day. It was just for dinner. I was like, you know what? Whatever. This will be the second day. Let me just have my meal. And then when I go back to work, I'm just going to go strict again, which I have been. Um, so, yeah, as, like I said, as far as Ring Fit goes, I went hard. I did three custom workouts. Um, so I did like an ab routine, an aerobic routine, and then an arm back to back, which I've never done. Because I was like, you know what, if I'm only doing it once, let me just go hard on this one day which I did and I got through it. Um, and now with, I'm going to use two hands cause I know this is going to be your next question. I'm going to use two hands and show you the number of how many pounds I'm down. Oh, so I'm going to drop the mic real quick and I'm going to lift up two hands. All right. So here we go. You ready? Yes. <laughs> Wait, you mean the disruption to the workout routine and eating fast food and cake didn't help you? Didn't help you lose so, weight? For those wondering, he made a zero with two hands. And here I am <laughs> shocked that a disruption in a fitness routine and diet somehow didn't equate to, to loss. <laughs> so, I, well, here's the thing now. I think I might actually consult with a physician. Um, I haven't seen a physician since I tried out uh, for a police department back in my early 20s, like at 21. And uh, I actually want to find out what's going on because I, my body cannot go past 190. I cannot go below that. No matter uh, when I, the, the few weeks I was going hard with ring fit five times a week, I told you I only lost a pound. And then f- there was one day I literally broke 190. I was 189.9. 
That was it. And literally, I have been 190 exact to the decimal. And my body, for whatever reason, no matter how much I eat clean, uh, I could go weeks without a cheat day, even if I do have a cheat day or a cheat weekend. I'm just stuck at 190. So it's either I have to now change up my routine, go a little bit harder than I'm that I already am with Ring Fit, or I just need to start introducing workouts my body hasn't been exposed to yet or something. I don't know. Or maybe it's the diet. Maybe I just need to switch up the diet. Um, but even about 10 years ago when I was working out religiously every other day, every other day, um, you know, I had dropped down to 190 and I just plateaued again, even 10 years ago at 190. My body does not want to go beyond that or below rather. Uh, so at this point, I think I might actually consult someone professionally. I don't know who, like a nutritionist or something, figure out what's going on. Um, what, what, what's your opinion on that? You, you don't know my opinion on this? I mean, <laughs> no, in all honesty, like considering I didn't do ring fit for four other days last week and I only did it once. Yeah. But again, two other times, I also did cardio, which I've never done. Mm-hmm. Figured I'd change it up. Mm-hmm. And just sticking with a clean diet. Okay. I had two days where it was whatever. I just, no matter how strict I go, if I can go three days fasting, stuck at 190, I can go three days, three meals a day, but all healthy meals, stuck at 190. I don't know well, what it is. I don't think we can talk about ring fit because you are you haven't been consistent with it enough to really use it as a marker, and you haven't been doing it long enough. Like... Right. One week straight and then like intermittent days of using it is not a way to really judge it. So I wouldn't. Oh, I, I did it. I did it for three weeks. Oh, you did it for three weeks? Or no, excuse me. Uh, 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 two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, okay. I, I still don't think it's a, it's a good enough marker. I think you need to have like six to eight weeks to really judge progress on something when it comes to fitness. Mm. I mean, in my opinion, I think it's. Um, You've never really had a problem with discipline. Like you've always been able to change your diet up the way you want to. Your area of opportunity has always been um you don't go to the dark place when it comes to fitness. You go to the dark mm. place when it comes to the diet. Like you'll like go on a liquid diet for like 2 months. Like you can you can do the hard part of the diet, but like you when it gets to the dark sp- the, the the dark evil places to go to in the mind when it comes to fitness. I liked going there. Like you do not. And that is a difference. That's all. I I think it, I think, I think it's not so much you need to kill yourself in a workout. That, that's not what I think. I just think you haven't ever had a formal, you never stuck to a formal routine. Even when like you were working out with me like once a week, like that was all you were doing. You weren't doing like anything outside of that. Like you haven't done a formal strength routine. You haven't done a formal fitness routine. Do you know what I mean? 
I think I, yeah. I, I think it's the fitness routine part that's the hard part for you, which I get because your lifestyle is really difficult. So I get that. But I think that's what it is, to, if I'm being honest. I think it's the fitness part. I think if you, like, stuck to a strict fitness routine for, like, six to eight weeks, I think you'd be surprised by the outcome. Um, but, again, it's hard for you because of your situation because mm-hmm. you have a kid. So. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. You know what? I even really think about that um and i will say this though i mean i remember those days working out with you just <laughs> wanting to kill myself i was gonna say they were and, they were uh, brutal I, they, I remember I remember. but you know what I though remember. i i pushed through it as best as i could anyways until i literally couldn't do whatever it is you had me doing but like i mean there we were times the i told you i was gonna right like you got well like, i think like, what it is is i need that motivation that like i need um i need that person like I need somebody. I need some sort of uh, person to motivate me and literally tell me what to do and tell me my form is bad and tell me to push through it and don't complain, don't be a bitch, and just you know do what I can and just get through it, and then we'll move on to something different. And um, <laughs> I, I still remember the day at the park. <laughs> <laughs> When I was like, we're just going to play outside today, Mike. That's all we're doing, Mike. Yeah. We're just going to play outside. Yeah. And you were like, okay, what does that mean? I was like, we're just going to frolic in the park, you know, just run around in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like hill sprints, hill on hill sprints, reverse crunches on hills. It was like battle ropes on the hill. It was like... <laughs> Cuts to be five minutes in. I'm already dry heaving, getting ready to freaking vomit everywhere. And you're just like, yeah, just throw up and then we'll get back. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? See, that's what I mean. Like, I like the dark place. Like, the dark place is a, it, it, when it comes to the workout portion is something I enjoy. The suffering, the pain, the push, the pushing through the, that wall. Like, but like, remember, there was a breakthrough when we started working out. Like, I started training you in the in the garage and you couldn't do Mm -hmm. more than like three or five things and then next thing you know like you were crushing it and i was it was like remember you couldn't do like you couldn't do like five overhead presses and now you're banging out sets of 10 yeah like like yeah you had a progression like you had a great progress you couldn't do more than a few push-ups and at the end you were doing full like hands off ground like re-push up like doing sets of 15 like yep like you, you got it, but you're right. It was me also there telling you what to do and your form and and watching and counting out loud and like being a system. Yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with um, I knew without you actually saying it verbally, I knew you had expectations every time I was to come back, and I knew those <laughs> expectations. It's true, and it I is, knew those is. expectations were okay. He got through five reps. Now, can you do six? Can you do eight? You know, 10. Can we do the amount of reps I want you to do? Yes. Uh, Can we actually meet our goal this time? Yes. (laughs) Because that was the the thing. It was trying to work to (laughs) the initial workout regimen. Like, that was the first goal. Then it was just doing the workout regimen, right? But... Again, it was just because you were that motivator and I knew like, okay, I, I literally have homework to do. And that's how I saw it as like, he gave me homework. He showed me the lessons in class. Now I have to go back, practice it 
and make sure I come back, you know, better than the previous week. And that, I think that's what really helped. And that's what I'm missing from this it, with the ring fit. Because, it, again, it's fun, and I get, a you know, a good work. It's funny because I feel I feel better. Like, there are certain things, like, even physically, I'm doing better in the game. But there's just this weird, um, like, I just, I need that, that, that presence near me, you know, where the video game doesn't, uh, it doesn't fulfill that. No, the game is super fucking friendly. The game is like, man, if you're getting tired, take a break. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Hey, maybe you should just call it quits for today so you can do more things tomorrow. (laughs) It's all right. Yeah. It's only been five minutes. It's all right. Go ahead and end. Let's end for today and stretch. Like, that's how it is. Like, like the game is designed that way. Because you can't have a game that's a drill sergeant. You can't have a game that's just like, what are you? Like, how weak are you? How about you just fucking, you know, stiffen that upper lip and just keep going? Like, yeah, you just, you can't have a game that does that. So, like, I understand. I, I understand that. I mean, I look at it the way that, like, the stress of... When Sensei would say, "You better, you better be able to do this kata next week," and I was like, "Oh shit! Like I better have this shit down." Because, and then yeah. you show up next class. He's like, "All right, let's see how your kata's doing. Go ahead." <laughs> and you just like in front of the class. He's like, "All right, kata three, go." Just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. And like, you, like, <laughs> like that, that stressful shit, like putting on the gi and stretching on the mats. And you're just like, I hope I do it. I hope I do it right. Hope I do it right. Um. <laughs> yeah, like like that's what that's what got me to practice katas. It wasn't like cuz I love katas. I don't love katas. But like sensei saying that he was he, he was going to judge me next time. Just, "Hey, you better have that kata down because uh I'm going to make sure it's down next week." And I was like, "Oh, f- yeah. Shit." And then you know, like each night I'm like doing a little just a little 5 minutes of doing like the 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 <laughs> the whole routine just like, "Okay." Getting it locked in. Um yeah, like, and that's a weird transition. Like, I started doing katas at home because I thought that's just what you do as a martial artist. It's like, oh, no, martial artists are supposed to practice their katas, right? Which which is true. But I was like, no, I'm supposed to spend my time at home doing it, which is super hard to, do. like, this is the only way I can relate to you with working out because working out's not hard for me to get motivated for. Katas mm-hmm. are the same. For me, it's katas. For you, it's the working out. For me, I know they're good for me. I don't want to do them. They're not fun. I have to, it, it's super hard to find the motivation to want to do it. If I'm in class, I love doing them. I love asking about each part of the technique. I get to drill it for like an hour and a half. It's great. Um, excuse me. At home, I started doing them because I thought it was what you're supposed to do. Oh, I'm a martial artist, quote unquote, which means I must practice my katas. But of course, they fell off because I don't want to do them. But then when I had the pressure, oh, hey, We've spent an entire class on this kata and you still can't do it. You better practice that kata by yourself so next next class, like, you're ready to go on that kata. I'm going to right. I'm gonna look out for that. And it's like, oh god, he's gonna look out for my kata next next class. So then I would <laughs> practice it. Like I would just drill that shit down until I had the footwork and everything. Um so then at that point all it was was him fine tuning it. Like, okay, you got the majority of it. Just move your legs closer together and then bump the hip and then you'll get that person up. Like those small things. So, and that's what I mean by going to the dark place. Like I, I can push myself in working out because it's it's fun for me. 
Um, yeah, but to, to go back to my to the original question you asked, I do think that the one factor that you have not done is maintain a consistent regimen, which, like, mm. um, it's hard when you don't have at-home equipment, you know what I mean? But, like... yeah. But, like, when I was doing the 531 uh, program, the Wendler Strength program, it was four days a week, and I was tracking that. I w- it was, like, a hardcore, I'm tracking weight, I'm tracking reps uh, for, like, an entire 16-week period. And I increased, mm-hmm. like, my max lifts, I increased by, like, 20 to 30 pounds after intense Jesus. training of 16 weeks. But it was intense training of 16 weeks. You know what I mean? And... It's it's different. Um, like hypothetically, you could do something similar. If you could do pull ups, push ups, and air squats, you could just run Murph every every other day if you wanted to. But the motivation to do that is so hard because I don't like doing Murph, and I do it once a week. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like it's just that's brutal. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, if you play the game of oh, there's no excuses, you could do anything. It's like, yeah, I know, I know you can, right? You could be a rocket scientist, but like. Is it realistic for you to take the sacrifices to do that? No, it's really not. So just that's not something that's going to happen. Um, no, I, I think your body's out of place where genetically you cannot do further with diet. It's now up to your fitness level to assist. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, st- yeah. I still think I'm sure there's a super specific diet that would work perfectly for you that like allows you to you know eat yourself to a six-pack like i i firmly believe that as everybody always says like abs are made in the kitchen so i totally understand that that there's that there's a possibility for that to happen but at the same time i do think that there's a majority part of this into the fact that you've you since i've known you besides like doing classes and training in martial arts and when we were training together there hasn't been like an actual structured fitness routine for you to do this entire time mm-hmm. since I've known you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So with that being said, do you still feel like you want to go see a professional and say like, Hey, let's do a quick body check. Yeah. I mean, only because like I said, but you know what? You also prove the points. I, I'm not, pushing myself to that dark area. Um, I was actually getting ready to say, going back to the past, even when I was working out every other day religiously for like a solid year, year and a half, uh, I didn't notice a difference. But again, it's what you were just mentioning, though. Like I had the same boring routine all the time. Like my body eventually also just adjusted to uh, the regular physical activity, to the point where it just it was I was just maintaining at that point I guess yeah and not really you know pushing myself to strive for a better goal yeah sixteen weeks but. is the longest I'll do something repetitively um and that's what I did for the strength program like that's the longest I'll go is sixteen weeks and then I just have to switch it up um yeah just you got to switch it up for the body you just gotta do something different so yeah. So yeah. So I mean, it's up to you. I'm not going to say don't go see somebody if you if you're curious. I mean, they're probably going to have way more scientific based things to tell you than me. 
You know, I think there's something I do want to try, and I already regret having the idea because I've done it before. But I might. I I have the DVD somewhere. I might attempt insanity. Oh, don't see that's. But see, to me, that's too hard. Insanity sucks. Oh, I know. Like I, I like, all and literally, I when I tried it, I only did the physical fitness DVD. The, the 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 DVD you're supposed to do like I think it's like every week or every two weeks to check your progress, and I suffered through the test. Never mind the workouts. Dude, I I I was like shocked after just the warm up. Yeah, just after the yeah. warm up, I was like, that was the warm up. Like, are you out of your fucking like? Okay, okay. If you want to do insanity, <laughs> props to you. But that's like me telling you to go like paleo vegan for the next year it's like could you do a paleo vegan diet i'm sure you could would it be miserable and really hard to like get jazzed up about it's like hey like we're at the july 4th barbecue like would you like some uh we have carrot cake and we have cheeseburgers you're like i can really only eat um unsalted unseasoned uh grilled green beans and that's it it's like are you sure? Like, do you want anything else? Like, nope, just just green beans. I, I actually have a bag of French green beans ready to go. Just throw them on, and I, they can't touch grease or anything like that from the fat of the burgers or any cheese. And I, there can't be any seasoning. I just need just like just basically like grilled green beans, and that's it. It's like okay, well, if you change your mind for dessert, we have like you know sugar cookies and stuff like that. It's like oh. Don't worry about that. I brought like uh, raw kale. I'm just gonna munch on. That's that's fine. Like unseasoned raw kale. I'm just gonna eat it out the bag. It's perfect. It's cold. It, it's so good when it's cold and crispy. It's just like you can just chew it forever, like a cow. It's great. Like that's basically what you're saying. Like, could you do that? Yeah, you could. Is it gonna be hard? I think doing insanity is super fucking hard. As, as also, somebody who didn't it, I, last through insanity, I think insanity is super fucking hard. <laughs> but I wonder if that'll take me to my dark place, though. It's it's literally out of my comfort zone. It's going to push me even harder. I mean, again, it's me doing it by myself, so not doing it with somebody might be a bit of a challenge at first, but... I think maybe that's just what I need, though. You see, for not uh, okay, for, forget about insanity, but something like to that extent, like it, it, like that intensity. Rush fit. See, but the thing is, is like, I actually when I first when I uh, was first doing rush fit was again like ten years ago or whatever. Yeah. Uh, when I was working out every other day, I would do my, uh, I would do a rush fit video as my pre workout, like that. It got to that point. I actually found RushFit to be easy. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I I guess if I were to do it again, I I don't know. Well, I would say if you do Rush, see, when I did RushFit, I did it to the book, to the literal manual that it comes with, like day one, day two, oh, day three, like day the, four, day five, yeah. day six. And there's like a beginner's, intermediate, yep. and I did, advanced schedule. I did intermediate. Okay. I did the intermediate schedule. It was six, okay. six days a week. Now, here's the thing that's why it's hard. Because I I still I stand by Rushford as being one of the best programs out there as far as 
teachability, the style of classes, the functionality of it, the ease of access. I think it's one of the top things as gimmicky as people think it may be just because it's from GSP. I think it's fantastic the way they, they've done it. And I still say this, RushFit has set the foundation for my physical fitness to what it is today. Um, I do think the problem with RushFit is that it is such a time sink. Like I spent like an hour and a half, six days a week doing RushFit. Because you have like a 15-minute warm-up, a 15-minute cool-down, and then you have like the 45-minute hour-long whatever actual workout. Like it's not short. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do like a quick little rush fit, like ring fit. Like, oh, I'm just going to do one level of ring fit. Like, you can't do that with rush fit. With rush fit, it's like, hey, leave me alone for an hour and a half as I just like jump around and make noise in my room. That's basically what rush fit was for me, which was fine because I was just a single kid, you know, fresh out of college. It was easy for me to accomplish rush fit. You being a, yeah. a, a father, being a husband, um, well, like during quarantine, it's probably not going to be the easiest thing for you to do that or insanity, which is the only reason why I'm saying like it's going to be really difficult to maintain a schedule with that, you know. But I mean, if you could do it, fucking yeah, I would love to see how you are if you did like an intermediate or advanced schedule of rush fit or if you actually did insanity. I would love to hear what you had to say about that afterwards. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. You know what? Yeah, I, I know I have my rush fit DVD. Um somewhere and i still kept that schedule thing the calendar I'll, I'll have to take a look at it yeah i think i think it would be i think it'd be great um it's just it's it's um even right now why is it easy for me to be able to work out right now well for one i i don't have a family so i have a spare room with just my workout stuff i can use um i live in a different complex than you do a different style so i have space to do stuff i have like a garage, for example, that I can use to like hit a heavy bag and everything. Like, so I just have different resources because of like just my lifestyle. I don't have to worry about the inconvenience of somebody else that often, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like my girlfriend cares. So not unless, unless I'm doing it at like nine thirty at night, ten o'clock at night. Then she'll be like, "Can you not make a lot of noise?" But yeah, it's easier for me to attain this. It's not, I don't think it's just a mat. A big part of it is the mental aspect of like. I am willing to like sacrifice and hurt myself for, for for this. I think that's definitely a part of it. But another huge part is just the privilege I have of being like, I have no responsibilities to anybody. <laughs> it's me. So I get to do uh, what I want to do for me. And that's kind of the freedom I get. Um, so that's a huge part to play in it. That's a huge part to play in it. Because even if you had a gym membership, guess what, buddy? Up until like just what like what five days ago, you wouldn't have been able to use the gym for ni- for about ninety days. So like that yeah it, that wouldn't have helped you at all, even if you had a membership. True. So that's that's a hard that's a hard aspect of it too. Um, so yeah, like and, and you know what? I took that into consideration when we were when we were doing the garage trainings. I took that into consideration, which is why I was trying to have you do just mobility work, like. Just do deep wall squats, like just lay against the wall with your legs up and like, like try to get your knees and your legs and your back stretched out. Like I didn't want you to, I wasn't, I mean, yeah, great. If you could do actual workouts at home, great. But like at the very least, just do these things to help you feel more flexible and mobile. And that would help you get into positions to do workouts. That's really all it was. Mm -hmm. 
Like that's really all, all, all I think you, you needed at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, that's a big part of it. That's a big part of it. But I mean, with all that said, are, are you, so you're, are you still going to commit to insanity or are you thinking something different? All, all being, all this being said. Well, you, well, you just had reminded me about the, the calendar thing with Rushfit. So I, I, I'm, I'll take a look at the, like the intermediate or advanced one. Yeah. And see how it, how it goes day by day. Cause isn't it, doesn't it get to a point where it's like two videos a day? I think that's advanced. Or something like that. Okay. I think it's optional to do like a yoga session, like a day as well. But I'm pretty sure day six is yoga because I did yoga like every week. Or it it wasn't really yoga. It was stretching, but it was yoga, but they called it stretching. But, um, but yeah. And the, here's the other thing. The, the, I mean, I haven't done it in so long, but I feel like RushFit did a really specific thing where they made it hard, but the soft parts of the program, like the cool down and the warm up and the stretching, they made super peaceful, like serene. Like you hear like waves crashing in the background. It's like super (laughs) serene, like, okay, guys, next thing. And he like even talks different. He's like, all right, so what we're going to do, guys we're going to just reach over to the right foot and we're just going to hang out here. And it's like dead quiet. All you hear is like nice, like piano and classical guitar playing. And it's like, and, and it's like after 30 seconds of silence, he's like, and you know what? It's okay. If you can't reach this far, it's all right. And then George is like, I find if I cannot reach over. <laughs> I cannot find the voice if, of an angel. I cannot find. I find if I cannot reach to my right knee, I just, uh, I reach into the inside of my leg, <laughs> and he's like, "That's right, George. You can find a <laughs> you can find a deeper stretch with this alteration, <laughs> this alternative way of stretching." So like it's 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 <laughs> super peaceful. I, I like I, I love I loved Rushfit. Like I if I met George St. Pierre, I would thank him for two things: one, for him getting my ass into a dojo finally, but two for Rushfit. Mm. Because as much as he, I feel, has distanced himself from Rushfit because he never talks about it, like that Rushfit changed my life. Like it mm. 100% changed. It made me realize I can do workouts. I can do harder workouts yeah. than I thought. It made me realize I can push myself. And it gave me a fitness level that I didn't think I could attain. And mm. and it, it gave me a mental resolve. And just if I ever met George St. Pierre, those are the two things I would say. And then I would just say like, Keep doing you, George. Like that's that's all I needed to say. I just wanted you to know your impact. I know you impact a lot of people in the world, but just it did a lot for me, which is just doing rush fit and just you being you. Just huge, huge impact, and I really appreciate the things you've done. And that's it. That that's I would love to. I would love. I would love for that moment to happen. Just to say that to him. But yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, but that that you know what? Speaking of uh, GSP and his workout. Um, did he come out with a pole regiment? Oh yeah, he's now into um, hardcore fasting. Like he fasts like every other day now, I believe, or like every two days. He does he does two day fast. He, he fasts hardcore now because of his colitis, because it cleared up his yes. colitis condition. So he's super yeah. into fasting, but also because he's in his mid thirties, he doesn't like the impact on his joints from weights. And like working out in traditional gyms. So he's moved to water only workouts. So he is 100% only working out in the water. 
and it's all with resistance work. So it's like resistance paddles tied to his legs, resistance stuff on his wrists. He has like 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 plastic barbells with like resistance ends that he uses to pull and push. Like he's yeah yeah literally one hundred. Well, it helps that you know he's rich and he has a he has a pool, but he he's one hundred percent pool based like water based workouts. He's partnered with the with the company um, for those products, and he's just he's one hundred percent in the pool. Like one hundred percent, all of his workouts are in the water, and all, and like everything else that he does for his diet is primary. He actually came out and said he doesn't really have any diet restrictions. He was like, I don't really, rest- I don't restrict myself. If I want a glass of wine with dinner, I have a glass of wine with dinner. If I want to have French fries, I'll eat French fries. I don't really restrict myself. But he was like, the one thing I do is that everything is done in moderation and I fast. So he's like, I only eat for like six hours a day or I only have one meal a day and then I fast for two days or something. So like he is super into fasting and he's super into um, aquatic workouts for uh, mm. for his joints, which if you think about a kid who's been doing like, fuck, what was he doing? Fucking Kyokushin, right? Yeah. Yeah, super hard, intense karate since he was a... But I think right as he became a teenager, all the way up to being a professional fighter <laughs> and and yeah, doing yeah. like training with the like Canadian Olympic wrestling teams and doing boxing and then doing jujitsu and all like I, he's in phenomenal shape considering the abuse his body has gone through, the amount of fight camps yep. he's had, like professional fightings, the trainings, the travel. He's taking a train from Montreal all the way down to New York to train with. Uh, Benzo Gracie and Danaher all like way back in the day. That's not a short fucking trip. That's like a six to eight hour like train ride one way. And he would do it yeah. in one night. He would come down, do a class, and then ride back up. Like his body should be in pieces. But because he's so strict with his training and so strict with his diet, I'm not surprised that he's still in like, you know, peak peak phenomenal shape then it makes sense yeah it 100 yeah. makes sense um and yes it helps that he has the money for doctors to do tests to f- help him dial in all these things but um i don't know where he got the aquatic thing from but i know out of nowhere he was like working out in the pool and then out of nowhere uh it was he was like hey here's my here's the promo code for, to buy these products and like next thing you know he's like on their main website and he's partnered with them so so he just has like a line of products but does he have like a, a dvd workout yes. program for the pool yes oh he does he does okay he does um yeah it's funny because like when i thought about it it's 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 not like it's a new thing like you see old people working on the pool all the time sure you just never sure. see anybody young working out in the pool and i think george i'm if i had to put a guess out there i'm assuming george probably thought like man like training is so hard on me and i'm always hurt well wish there's a better way then he just saw some old people doing aerobics in the water and he was like hey i should try that out and then he just like got resistance bands and resistance paddles and shit and he was like this is way harder and next thing you know he's still jacked he's still in peak shape um yep so yeah so that helps i'm pretty sure boz rutan uh does a lot of pool stuff as well boss yeah boss does i think boss does uh Boss keeps coming up with like weird 
he has the boss root and striking system, like the giant, like 12 piece dummy that. You yeah. Strike. Yeah. He has a new mouthpiece. That's like a breathing apparatus to strengthen your lungs under stress. I've seen that. Yeah. It's like two holes and it's like one hole yep. is thicker. One hole is smaller. And like the inhale exhale, like makes it makes your lungs work harder. And he, so he said that he like eased a lot of his like uh, asthma symptoms with that, with training with yep. that over, over uh, time which I don't know how true that is, but um, yeah, no, uh, I will say that I think like George is in phenomenal shape um, for what his body has been through. And I think the majority of that has to be credited to his intense fast. Like I remember, and I think I sent it to you, he did like a week long water fast. I think it was where he yes. ate nothing. He just drank water and that's it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and he was like, here's the last meal before my fast. And it was just like a salad with salmon. <laughs> and like, <laughs> that was it. And he was like, this is my last meal before my fast, my week-long water fast. And then he had his water fast. And he was like, water fast done. Fantastic. I feel great. So, I mean. Uh, yeah, see, I've done at most, uh, well, when I wasn't sick, I think the longest I ever went was maybe three days with just water yeah i don't think it's easy i don't think it's a simple thing to do i mean yeah it's definitely something worth checking out like what he did exactly i do know his last episode with joe rogan on the joe rogan experience podcast he goes into Mm. depth a lot about the water workouts and the fasting he gets real in depth about that stuff Um, yeah i'll have to rewatch that yeah he he goes super hardcore into those things He, he does a great job of explaining his reasonings and his research and what he's found that's best for him. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm of the idea that like when I hit an age, which I'm hoping is not until my mid fifties where like fitness is a huge difficulty for me to maintain. Like I, I, in my mind, I already know what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to do hot yoga and do spin class. And that's the majority of my workouts is going to be those things. Mm. Um, that's what I personally think. I personally think it's going to be a lot of that. Probably some bodyweight stuff, push-ups and pull-ups. But like, I think hot yoga and spin class would be kind of like the good compliments as if as I get older because they focus on the primary things that are difficult for people as they age, which is mobility, flexibility, and cardio, um, mm. cardiovascular performance. And I think if I did all those things, like look at the problems with COVID, it's all impacting the uh, cardiovascular system, right? So I mean, like, yeah, having a strong cardiovascular system, having high level of mobility and flexibility, which allows me to like, you know, like bend over to the ground and pick something up. Or like, you know, if there's, um, you know, like there's like children around that I'm helping out or something like it's easy for me to pick them up and stuff like that. So I think mobility, flexibility and cardio is at the end of the day, probably the most important stuff as you age. I do think strength training has a place and there's plenty of research how, um, Muscle simulation is incredibly important as you get older, but it's so hard to maintain because your body just like loses muscle mass as you age. But at the, yeah. but at the same time, it's something that a lot of people say that if you maintain your muscle mass as you age, um, you feel younger, you have more energy, like like all the good stuff. It, long story short, be in shape. Fucking be, <laughs> be in shape. I think that's what it is. Um yeah, who knows? Who fucking knows, man? That's just kind of, I think my plan is spin class and hot yoga because hot yoga will have some strength aspect. 
putting yourself into single leg, you know, bird positions or doing like, you know, down dog positions or, or shit for your shoulders and, and your back. And I, I think that's going to be my plan for the most part. But going back to George, I think um, if you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast uh, and, and the one last episode I did with George, I think you'll like what you hear because George explains a lot of things. Okay. So, yeah. But yeah, no, I still think with you, it's um a solid hardcore commitment to the fitness aspect. Yeah. Which again, hard to do when you got a six year old. Doesn't make life easy. Um, yeah, doesn't make life easy when you have your time split up with that kind of that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So with all with all this concluding let's end this segment with you telling me your plan for me to ask you about in two weeks <laughs> so <laughs> after this discussion yeah i'm definitely going to look at like i said the uh the schedules that they have for rush fit because i think you're right i think insanity's maybe kind of crossing the line a bit um at least for now um and I might just do rush fit um, and just kind of stay away from, from ring fit for a little while. I mean, ring fit definitely got me back into doing some sort of physical activity, especially on like a day-to-day basis. Uh, but at this point, um, yeah, I, I just need to move on to the next step. So, yeah, um, I'll probably even try rush fit this week um so in a couple weeks hopefully there'll be some sort of result that doesn't me that doesn't have me showing you a big fat zero for weight loss <laughs> but again like you know me it's hard to judge it by weight loss because muscle weighs more than fat so technically if you changed all your fat into muscle you'd be gaining weight yeah you know what i mean so it's yeah, hard to true. judge um Often numbers alone, but um, I know with you it is a numbers game, so that's why it's very different. But I mean, I also maybe maybe look into what George is doing with the fasting stuff and see if anything that he does is something that you think you could pull off. Like if you did two day fast, so you didn't eat for two days and then you ate on the third day, and you just did that throughout the week. So you don't eat Sunday, Monday. You eat Tuesday, Wednesday. You don't eat thursday friday you eat saturday you don't eat sunday monday and it just repeats over and over like i don't know i mean i would check out what what the research is and what he says he does you give it a shot from there i think that'd be the best the best step forward what probably do a mix of both yeah uh you, you got some you got some research to do that's for sure yeah but definitely speaking of step forward let's talk about the things I texted you about. <laughs> yes. I'll let you choose which, which which one you want to refer to first. So you sent me this thing, uh, not necessarily a confrontation, but a discussion that Nick Diaz um, was having with the, prom- the Canadian UFC promoter. And this was, from what they were discussing, it took place back when Nick was facing GSP. Um, and 
from what I was to gather, it pretty much was about Nick being portrayed as the villain or the anti-hero and, uh, you know, like uh, the way he comes off, it it sells to uh, the 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 audience in a certain way. You know, like that's just who he is uh, in the eyes of the UFC spectators. You know, like he's the bad guy, and you know, like his his younger brother kind of has that reputation as well. You know, they're the Diaz brothers are never seen as the hero; they're the villain. Uh, yet the crowd loves him for that. Um. And I guess his whole point was, why is he being portrayed like that? Yes, you brought up something I I was going to ask, which is perfect. They are never portrayed as the hero, right? That's what you just said, right? How do you portray Nate Diaz and the whole Conor McGregor stuff? Mm. Because I I feel like... Nate was out of nowhere a hero for defeating Connor. The guy, the hardworking, sh- shut the fuck up and like, let's fight kind of guy to shut down this, this hype machine, not a hype machine, this superstar of, of bravado and style. And he shut him down. Well, even when he called Connor out, I mean, he literally said, like, like motherfucker, you took you're taking everything I worked so hard for this and that it's, yeah. because it's true. Like Connor, because of who he is, you know, he was getting all of these great fights and surpassing Nate in that sense, and it wasn't fair to Nate, you know. And it's true, and it, you know, and it just goes based off of what the how the DS brothers say things, how they address certain things. So like even the way he called out Connor, you know. It made Nate seem like the villain. It's like, motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You're taking this shit away from me. Everything I work for right. and blah, blah, blah. You know? So, like, right. okay, they have this persona. That doesn't make them bad guys, though. In fact, in real life, they're the complete fucking opposite. Yeah. Um, but what was interesting, going back to the Nick Diaz thing, that the, the video you sent me was, you know, Nick is very calm and collect the whole time, but, man... He has this look to him and his body language. <laughs> and even you see, you kind of see the UFC promoter like almost wanting to flinch or back up because it's like, oh, am I about to get like the Stockton slap or something? <laughs> and it's like the guy's trying to have a, like an intellectual conversation with you. And it's just that's just how they come off of whether or not they realize they're doing it or if it's just their personality. But they have this demeanor this this uh, it's just everything it's the whole package and i think that's what also labels them as anti-hero ah there it is okay that's a good point i i I didn't mean to interrupt you can keep going it's just that's that's a great point you just made I mean, even down to just the stare that Nick was giving him as the promoter was leaving, like, and you saw the light cascading, like, (laughs) down on it. It was like, not only was that guy going to lose his job, he was going to lose his life. Like, the, it it looked like death himself was looking at this Canadian guy, uh, and it was just Nick just looking at him, but just the way the light was hitting him, 
I swear to God, just watch like the ten, the the last like fifteen seconds of that video, and it's like this: the promoter was looking in the eyes of death, <laughs> and Nick was just like seeing him off, you know, just with the look, just whatever. But my God, yeah, I, you know what it is? It's like it's almost like the Diaz brothers are just damned, you know, and it's unfortunate. That's just what they're going to be known known for. I mean, I, and the thing is, right, right. I think at this point. People are aware of how they are outside of the UFC, but they're just still, that's just who they are, you know? It's like Conor will always be crazy Conor McGregor, you know? Just yeah. very rowdy, and he's there to entertain and put out, put on a show and act crazy. Like, that. that'll, even when you watch these behind-the-scenes video with Conor or he's doing his stuff at home or he's with his family, it's like, yeah, but that's not Conor McGregor. That's not the Conor McGregor. Right, right. That were, yeah, you know, even though clearly we we realize this, we still see him as this other persona that he has to play for the UFC. Right, right. I, I think for the Diaz brothers, there are two kids who came from a horrible personal situation of coming from Stockton, broken homes, like the like shitty childhood like gang violence type situation and in reality they're pretty good guys but they're so used to that environment i don't think they know how to switch it off when it comes to dealing with people exactly i think with children they know how to turn it off because clearly because they work a lot with like kids classes and community yeah. ki- like kids in their like connor made fun of nate for being <laughs> such a such a softy with kids like I think they know how to turn it off for them because they recognize, like, when we were kids, we had a very different situation at that age. And these kids, we have a chance to not give them that. We have a chance to give them something better. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, like, so I never liked Nick Diaz. I never liked him. I thought he was a punk. I thought he was, um, I thought he was fake. Like, not fake, Mm. like, oh, he's not a badass because he is a badass, but, like, Faking the shit talking he was doing, but like, it wasn't actually until the George stuff that I realized like this is just who he is. It was after he lost to George, and he was at the press conference, and the way he was talking, it was like, oh, this isn't an image. This isn't a thing he's trying to sell us. This is him. This is Nick Diaz, and this is how he sees himself, and this is how he sees the world. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like. Oh man, he's just talking it up and he just, you know, he's playing it. He's he's the Diaz brothers, you know, Stockton motherfucker. Like it's not that. That's not an image. That is them. Like and I think right. Up until the George fight, I didn't realize how how that how that wasn't uh image or or brand. Like that's the thing. I thought the the Diaz brothers were always selling a brand. I didn't realize no, that's just the Diaz brothers. <laughs> so like that's just them to their core. And I think that's why in that that video that that we we saw when he's talking to the promoter who's like, you know, you kind of sound like you're like contradicting yourself in a way in this and he's like, "What the fuck you mean?" And like, "How the fuck is that a contradict?" Like that's not him put. And I think that's why the promoter is like, "Oh shit." It's cuz he he realizes like, "Oh, this is that's all real." Like, the Diaz brothers are real as fuck. They're not a brand. They're not a, a fake image. They're not a product that they're trying to uh, they're trying to peddle. Like, he will slap the shit out of me and yell Stockton motherfucker. Like that just <laughs> like yeah. that is that is that is who the Diaz brothers are. Like, 
Yeah. The fact that like, what was it? Yeah, like the, the rap, the scrap pack, as the, as they're called, like the whole like Conor McGregor stuff when they were throwing bottles at each other, like. Who would have thought that like somebody would have just gotten up in the middle of a press conference with Conor McGregor, the guy who brings eyeballs? She'd be like, "Yo, fuck this guy," and then he's walking out. He's like, "Fuck you, motherfucker!" Like, like just and yep. and everyone was like, "Oh shit!" And afterwards, they were like, "Nate, why did you just get up and walk away?" He was like, "Man, fuck that guy," because I was there on time and he wants to bring his bitch ass late. So I just said, "So we just said fuck it," and we left. And if he wants to scrap, you know, scrap bags here, we'll scrap with them. Like, come outside, bitch. Like, let's go. Like, and I think yep. I think that's also why it's sold because the the animosity that Connor sells as his product, it works so well with the Diaz brothers. Because while with Connor, it's a little bit more of a of a brand style. With the Diaz brothers, mm-hmm. it's they're brand by default because that's who they are. You know what I mean? Like, we kind of saw yeah. this in a way with the uh, Nurmagomedov fight with Connor when Connor was like, "It's just business, man." Like. And and Khabib was like, no, no, no. I, I mean, do I think Connor understands like the the street mentality? Yeah, he came from Crumlin. He came from a notoriously shitty neighborhood. Um, so it's not like he doesn't understand that lifestyle. But I think Connor's in a very different place to be able to be outside of that. Connor's in private. He has a private yacht. He has multiple houses. He's got like private gyms. He's got. <laughs> he's. He's not worried. Like he's not right. living in a place of having to remember, um, of, of having to remember that part of him, that part of his life, that part of who he is. Um, he honors it right. Proper twelve is based off of uh, where he came from in Crumlin. So at the Dublin twelve, he he gets it. But it's different compared to the Diaz brothers, who like, to my knowledge. They still live in Stockton. Like, they haven't moved. Oh. Like, to my knowledge, nothing's really changed for them. <laughs> like, despite everything. Like, they still, huh. they, they're still there. They're still, <laughs> like, they, were, they just became professional fighters and life continued. I think that was, I think, I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the, the storyline for them. So, like, yeah, I, I mean... I thought the video was interesting because it reinforces, and that's why I shared it. It reinforces the realization of of like, oh, this isn't just a public persona that you're putting on. Like, you're doing this to me behind the scenes. Like, I'm a I'm right, I'm one of the right, right. company's business guys, and you're talking to me like I'm, like, I'm not. Like you're you're basically like you said. Like, is this guy about to hit me? Like it, like. He 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 wouldn't right like I'm an employee he wouldn't just hit me oh shit he might actually hit me like this guy's like this guy doesn't play around this guy's fucking real, um, and I think that's kind of again that was a big part of the hype with the Connor stuff was that like Nate Diaz will slap you for no reason because you f- you looked at him wrong like that's not a game to them like that's who they are and that's I forgot who I forgot who he fought Nate and Nick fought like they had at least two altercations out in public just in the stands like they were watching a fight (laughs) and then i think somebody looked at nate or nick wrong or said something so the scrap pack just jumped them (laughs) like in the crowd during a ufc fight and i was like we think the diaz brothers just started a fight in the in the audience like (laughs) we think they just started a fight they're being escorted out right now and then like there was another one where nick i'm pretty sure it was nick was just walking through the casino 
And then somebody just talks, like some stranger who doesn't know who the who the fuck he's talking to said some shit to Nick. And Nick was just like, what the fuck you say to me? Like, and immediately it was just like, you want to go, bitch? It's like, I'm going to slap the <laughs> butt. Just, and next you know, it was like, Nick Diaz starts altercation in casino floor. Like, it was just, <laughs> it, it's like... That that's it's it's a cool it's it's a cool thing because I I the DS brothers I I don't think ever intended for their brand to be who they are, and I think that's why they've right. always been so disgruntled. They're just like, man, like like because they realized at like later on they were like we didn't get the money just because we didn't play the game of of being these people, but that's because that's who we are. Like we can't really ramp it up. It's just. This is how I act, and if you talk shit to me and I catch you, like you're gonna get slapped. That's yeah. It's not me making shit up or talking shit or trying to sell a storyline. It's just nope. And I did it, and I slapped that motherfucker in the face, and I got escorted out by security at the UFC event at the UFC pay per view because this motherfucker <laughs> wanted to look at me wrong. Like, like it's just that's just who they are, and I think that's why they're yep. so frustrated because they realize how popular they are just being themselves, but they realize it too late. Yeah, you know, so. Very so, true. So yeah, so yeah, and then um, <coughs> the other video I sent you, or the other link I sent you, if you want to bring that one up too. Yeah. So uh, I don't remember the fighter's name, but I assume he was someone newer to the UFC. I mean, I never heard of him right, before. Right. He's, That's he why I'm new. only assuming yes, that he's new. That was. Um, I think that was his first UFC fight. Yeah. So I think this took place. Somewhere between rounds two and three. Um, um, yeah, two or I think, yeah, two and three. So, you know, it, it was the end of the round. Uh, he's with his corner men, and literally he's just like, call it, call it, call it. And his coach is trying to tell him, like, no, no, listen, you know, like, hang in there. You got this, and uh, you just got to push. You got to do this, whatever, whatever he's, advice he's giving him. And this guy cannot. He, his vocabulary in this moment is call it. No, no, <laughs> and no, no, call it, call it, no, call it. I'm done. I don't want to do this. Call it. <clears throat> and the guy kept, his coach, you know, I was starting to get flashbacks of uh, that uh, that female fighter. But thank God it didn't go that far you know because the coach finally like even whispered like dude are you sure you want this yeah like are is this what you want are you sure yeah like he got quiet yeah he's like yeah call it call it and finally the ref came up to him like are you okay like what's going on you're gonna call it yep fight was done um you know what (sighs) i think fighters like that All right, so for that guy, I, I'd say he became more of a man that day because he realized what his limits were, and he wasn't ashamed to give up. To admit that. To, Whereas, admit, to admit his limitation. Yes. Whereas you see a lot of these guys, mainly veterans, you know, it's like <laughs> they just keep pushing it and pushing it, and they keep pushing themselves, although their cardio is shit. And they're barely hanging on by the time round two or three comes, and they just won't give up because <laughs> of their uh, their pride, you know. And it's I had so much respect for that guy. Now, 
Dana, when it was asked, when the question was asked to Dana about that situation uh, during the post-fight conference, um, you know, Dana was like, hey, you know what? It's, I have no problem. I have no problems with fighters that want to call it in the middle of a fight. Preach. You know, they don't, they, they know more than, how did he word it? He said something like, you know, it's, a critic can say so much, right? Yeah. But unless you're the guy that's in there doing all the work and putting yourself through that against animals, other animals, like, who are we to be the judge and say, you know, this and that about the fighter and, um... He's like, so unless you're a fighter yourself and you've been in this situation, you know, then no one really has room to speak. Not to mention, you know, the UFC is a whole other ball game compared to a lot of other amateur. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, true. Very you know, true. which is true. He made a very good point. Like, yeah, there are amateur companies out there putting out amateur fights. You might have done so many fights with these organizations. You come to the UFC... This is, you know, I mean, you're facing world-class fighters. And, um, you know, if, if the, now this was the one thing that I might've misinterpreted and maybe wow. Dana has as well. Dana mm-hmm. made it seem like the way he was going on was, Hey, if you don't think you could be in this sport, then, um, or he, he, he says, he, I guess what he always says is if you're having thoughts that you don't want to be here, then he's like, you know my answer. Yeah. He's like, then then don't be here. Because if you already have that mindset, you're never, pretty much it's like you're never going to strive to be better. Why even be in this sport? Why put yourself through that torment? Right, right. You, you, can't, unless you, you can't make it. Unless you have that hunger, you know, and that, that uh, strive to fight for to be a champion. You should have that mindset. Like, if I'm here, it's like, what do you want to... What, why do you want to be in the UFC? It's like, oh, I don't know, just a fight. It's like, no, that's not good enough. Why do you want to be in the UFC? To be the next champion. And if you have that mentality, then you'll make it. So I don't know if he was kind of hinting like this guy might actually retire from the sport in general or perhaps just with the UFC, but I just took it as, all right, well, this just wasn't this guy's night. He wasn't prepared to fight a guy of this caliber, but that doesn't mean he'll now learn from this, right? Perhaps train harder, push himself, uh, you know. So I mean, I didn't delve any further than this. I didn't uh, watch any interviews with the fighter. I didn't go beyond what Dana White said in the video you sent. So maybe you would know a little bit more than I. Um, no, no. But that's I, what I took from that. You got it. You got it. I mean, like, you even hit on the point that I was going to mention about how, like, I didn't like how Dana talked about it. Like, if this isn't for you, you know, got to get out. Like, and it's just like, dude, the guy came in. He was a short notice fight. He came in into his, like, first or second fight in the UFC. He got mollywopped and he called it because he was getting yeah. fucked up and he knew it. And it's just like, and we say this every time. Like, again, I think it was Duke Rufus who made the, who had the brilliant call. I think it was with Pettis. Where Pettis was like, I, I broke my hand, like my hand's fucked, it's done. And Duke was like, "Do you think you could? Do you think that there's a way that you could still win this?" And Pettis was like, "I, I don't, I don't know." And Duke was like, "If you cannot win without that hand, I'm calling it." 
And Anthony was like, yeah, I don't know if I can win without this hand. He's like, all right, easy. Hey, ref, we're done. Just <laughs> boom. And again, I loved it. I love seeing how much a coach cares about their fighter. Yeah. And I think the the argument to this is always, the, the counterpart to this is always like, well, that coach knows the fighter and maybe the fighters need to push. It's like, all right, look, if you're if you have a fighter, a professional fighter, who you have to pep talk between rounds to get back into it, I think you got to have a talk with your fighter being like, do you want to do this? I think you got to come back down to that. It's like, I should never have to question your drive or your motivation to do this. Bottom line, because then you're wasting your time and you're risking your health and you're wasting my time. I think it's like, I think, I think this fighter made the right call of saying, I don't want to, I don't think he was saying like, I can't fight. Oh, MMA is so scary. I can't, I don't think that's what he was saying. I think he was saying, I'm taking too much damage. I, I'm not going to be able to come back because I don't have enough in the tank. And this guy's, I can't stop his jab. I can't stop his combo. I can't slip well enough. He keeps cutting off my angles and I can't find an answer. And I'm not in a physical or mental shape to do it. I can't call it. I think yeah. that's, granted, all he said was call it. So I'm deriving a lot from just the phrase call it. But the way he kept saying it, it wasn't like I'm done because he would have said I'm done. If he was like, this isn't for me, I think he would have said, I'm done, man. This, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. This is this is not for me. Like, I think that when you say just call it, I think it's admitting. It's more like you're admitting that you can't win in this in this fight. And I think I think we've all been in like, you know, 10th place in a race and just been like, it's over. Like, I can't, I yeah. physically cannot come back into this race. Like, it's it doesn't matter how many like spike shells i get in mario race like mario kart I'm, I'm done i just i cannot come back and like you accept it i think he accepted that and i think good on him and i think dana had this guy's back by saying like don't you talk shit about this guy for doing this because until you know what it's like to be in there like you were saying you can't you can't question that call you cannot question that call i think as always with these situations unfortunately we always have to question the call of the coach the coach should be like no 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 you're fine you can keep going it's like excuse me Excuse what? What? What do you mean? You mean the whole second round where you saw your boy get pieced up? You think he still has a shot now? Like you still think emotions aside? <laughs> and that's the hard part, right? Coaching staff gets all caught up in their feelings because they, they they love this guy. They trained with him. They pour their blood, sweat, and tears for him. They travel for him. They sacrifice for him, like or her. I get it. This the coaching staff always do what they can for their fighter, but like. You have to be able to be objective on some level and just say, hey, without looking at this as this is my guy versus my opponent versus our team's opponent, this is fighter A versus fighter B. This is what was this is what's been happening so far in the fight. I don't think fighter A can come back. Mm. Like, I, I don't think that happens enough. Um, and I think it doesn't happen because, of course, a coach can't call it for their fighter when the fighter still thinks they're in it. But like you look at the Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega fight. And Ortega is just like limp. He's just zombie mode trying to like fight. And Max is just like piecing him up over and over and over and over. And then Max is like telling him where to hold. He's grabbing Ortega's tired arms. And he's putting it up to his head. It's like, your guard needs to be high. And then he's like, because I'm going to, I do this. Then I hit you. <laughs> like, there's clips of Max Holloway trying to tell Ortega what to do for his striking. Like when you see your fighter doing that, 
Despite the fact that it's like, he's got a champion mindset and a champion heart and he's willing to die in there. Like, you take all that aside. You just say like, here's a fighter that can't stop the jab. He can't use his footwork to to initiate an advantageous position. He can't get it to the ground where he's strongest. He's losing in the clinches and uh, he can't see out of one of his eye. One of his eyes because it's swollen. The other eye has blood in it. And uh, he can't keep his hands up because he's getting too tired. I think we should go another two rounds. Like, that's not how you should be receiving this. You know what I mean? And I don't even think it was the quarter that called it. I think it was the ref. I, if I remember correctly, I think the ref came over after that round and was like, Brian, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, and was like, like, hey, Brian's coaches, what the fuck are you guys doing? Um, I think that was it. Or I think... I think somebody asked Brian on the from the coaching staff, like, can you keep going? And Brian just didn't say anything. I think they were like, okay, yeah. that's it. That's it. Like, I think that's what it was. But, like, I think there needs to be a time frame as a coach where you take a moment to say, quick summary of the fight without my emotions. Let me, not, let me get out of my emotions. Just look at this. Is this fighter stopping the jab? Is this fighter able to slip these combos? Is this fighter cutting off angles with their footwork well is this fighter able to get to better positions is this fighter able to dictate with takedown defense or offense what what they want to do no to all the above on top of cuts and swollen eyes yes keep fighting like like that's not a rational way to deduce a fight i feel and yeah yeah (laughs) i've never coached so i can't say how hard or easy it is to do that call you know when it comes time to uh in a fight in a corner but it's just, and that, it was almost painful. It was almost sad after he said, call it after like, I don't know, the 12th time. <laughs> like, it was like, I think he wants you to call it. Like, <laughs> I think of what I just said, call it. My first response as a coach is just like, you want to call it right now? Like, do you think, do you, do you think, do you think you can get back into this? It's like, no, call it. Are you just tired or like, no, call it. It's like, okay. I kind of agree with you because he was piecing you up the entire round. You couldn't do anything to stop it. Do you think you have the yeah. ability to stop it? Or do you think you, or do you think you just, you, you, can you put it together? Or you think you just don't have it? It's like, I don't think I, short camp, no training. Uh, I can't call it. Okay, cool. We'll call it. Saying, no, fuck that. You come on. You got to get back in there, motherfucker. Like you got one more round. You got to push through this round. That's not a logical response. That's an, yeah, right. that's an emotional response. That's an emotional response yeah. to somebody giving you a denial. It should be saying... What, what, was it the coach or the fighter that was saying shut up too? Like all I heard coach. was call it, was it shut coach. up. Shut up. It was the coach. Yeah. Because keep in mind, yeah. it's super quiet. So if the fighter said it loud enough, everybody would have heard it. And that's why he was like... Right. That's why at the very end when he whispers like, are you sure you want me to do this? Like it's because it was so quiet, everybody could hear everything. So that's why he was yeah. trying to say like, whoa, 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 shh, 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 don't just fucking yell that shit because the second they hear that, it's over. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I think if anything, fighters know their capacity. Mm. I think if anything, a fighter knows when it's like, it's it's over, it's done. I, I think I think a fighter, a fighter knows that more so than a coach. Yeah. I think, uh, <clears throat> I mean, again, I'm looking at this as a martial artist and not a coach of martial arts or a trainer. But like, I know when it's like my body's giving up on me. Mm-hmm. Like I know that. I know that because I experienced it. Because I was getting yelled at to do more push-ups and to keep fighting, and I just my arms weren't working, and I was just getting hit, and like 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 like, 
and and Dylan is taking it easy and thankfully not, you know, like slicing me apart on the ground just because he knows I'm so exhausted and I'm just like flapping against him because I can't do anything. <laughs> like I know what that exhaustion level is. And despite being told, like, keep going, keep going, man. You got to keep going. Come on, keep moving. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm, uh, like, I know <laughs> when I'm done. Like, I get it. I couldn't say done because I didn't have air in my lungs. But like, uh, I think a fighter knows when their tank is at completely empty. And again, if you have a fighter, a professional fighter who has motivational problems, you got to get out. Mm. Like, if I'm a coach... And I have to, and I know it's like, if, and if this case happens and they, the, the media comes for me afterwards, like, why did you tell them to shut the fuck up and keep going and just one more round and push through it? And you, 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 you ignored it. It's like, oh, he says this all the time in training. He always wants to quit. He's a quitter. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I would be like, I wouldn't let it get to that point. If I have somebody who wants yeah. to quit, I would just say like, this isn't for you. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. The glory is not worth the life the life changing injuries, possibly the life ending alter and the life alteration injuries that you go through for this sport. It's not worth it, man. Be right. a coach. Show up at the gym and coach others. You'll still get paid. Like, I'll pay you. Just coach. Don't go train and and professionally fight if 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 you can't do it. And and that's always been the talk between Dana and, and all the other commentators. It's just if you have any doubt of wanting to retire, it's like Odds are you're not gonna you're not you need to retire because the person across the cage is just thinking of blood and victory and glory and you have a foot of thinking of like oh man wouldn't it be nice to sleep in tomorrow and not have to do a five mile run in the morning like like that possibility is there that's an that's an opening for any type of escape for your mind to go to just be like mm-hmm. it's over um you saw this with uh with I think it was it was Misha Tate Misha Tate retired she lost. I think it was to Nunez. She lost to Nunez, and then she was like, "You know what? I, I don't want to do it anymore. This is it. I'm done." Like she knew, and her whole staff, her whole coaching team was like, "What the fuck just happened?" And she just like walked past them, and they were like, "Okay, all right, all right. We're, she's done. That was it." You know? Yeah. Yeah. So not not to like not to like rehash the stuff that we always talk about because this always happens in MMA where a fighter wants to quit and a coach is like, no, just keep going. Fuck it. Um, I think it's, I think it's worth to mention just in a case like this, especially of just listen to the fighter, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and actually it was, it was kind of refreshing too hearing Dana even make a, uh, it was like a very quick comment. He was like, Hey, listen, I thought I was going to be a fighter one day, which I think he was referring to his boxing, his boxing days. days. Yeah. Back when he and, was trying uh, to box. He's like, He's like, yeah, it all it took was, uh, I assumed he meant, you know, him getting the shit kicked out of him, I'm sure. And he's like, and then I knew I had to just call it. And, but it's exactly what you said. I mean, you can find something else within that field to stay active, still continue to do something that you, you, you seem to be passionate about, right? at least enough for, for you to, uh, hope to get a career out of, you know, and yeah, like just do coaching or be a promoter or do you know do something be a be a technique coach like yeah be fitness like there's so much you could do it's just i don't yeah that's i I say we ended on that of just you don't have to have the image of what you think like i don't have to be in the nhl to follow my passion of hockey 
That's yeah. that's not that doesn't have to be what it is. I and I think it's the same thing with fighting. You don't have to be in a professional promotion in order to achieve your passion. I think your passion could be achieved with less risky things as a part of the game. And I think this fighter will be back. I think his again, I think him saying I can't just means he wasn't prepared for that moment, you know? So that's all I think. Yeah. But um but yeah. Any final words? That's about it. I mean, I just there's there's a lot of uh self-reflecting that I have to do about this whole health journey. Um I'm definitely going to look into everything we discussed and maybe even try out the fasting thing. Um and hopefully results will be at least somewhat better uh next time we discuss it. Yeah, man. I mean, don't beat yourself up, but just do some research. Again, watch that GSP episode, the, the most recent one with uh, Joe Rogan. Um, f- try to figure out a routine that you can maintain e- yeah. easily, and I think you'd be surprised. But um, good vibes to you, sir, and we will uh, catch you all in two weeks. Yes. Woo. All right. All right. Peace. Peace.